This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Well, sir, uh, we got a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, but first, let's just do a kind of a wrap up of what you did last weekend. You went out in search of some uh, big crappies, and uh, social media says that was not a lie. Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty good. Went up to Red Lake, uh, met Tyler a few years ago through some other buddies, Rob and Juan, and we went up there and fished a few years ago. So been seeing all the reports everybody catching the crappies up there and i just made it a point to myself to get up there you know and just for the moment we signed up wednesday talked to tyler i'm like he's like yeah i gotta sleep or i'll give it 100 bucks a night i'm like oh yeah hell yeah dude so yeah four person sleeper uh couldn't say no to that we were going anyways you know and yeah took uh the weather was not very good for for us on the drive up it took five and a half hours to get there and yeah there's icy roads everywhere and yeah then we woke up in the morning and the houses were all drifted in we had like four foot drifts nico got stuck in the one of the drifts with his snowmobile and we were just staying on shore you know what i mean and we're yeah like, oh, no. so we didn't hit we, we had breakfast you know Took our time, got on the lake about 11, and we got off the lake at 3, and we already had enough. <laughs> was this Upper Red or just a, a area lake? Up, upper Red. Oh, it so wasn't Upper fished, Red, yeah. Yeah, we fished Upper Red on Saturday. Uh, yeah, we had 20, what was it, like 27 fish out of one hole. We were power playing. 
we were scoping with the live scope and I finally got in the hole and I caught five and I'm like, they're stacked. We had them pyramided four feet under the ice. And I'm like, Oh my God. And, uh, I'm like, Nico, get over here. So we power played the hole. We got 17 out of it in the first 10 minutes and we kind of got everybody else. We're like, Hey, you know, get over here and stuff. And we just caught 17, make it 22 now. And they're like, what the hell? You know, I'm just like, yeah, uh, they got over and, in about two hours, yeah, I think we had like 52 keepers, so we called their day. Oh and, my god, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, we gotta save some so we can fish the rest of the weekend, you know. So we went to West Wind and cooked them up, gave a bunch to the locals, and uh, I don't know, uh, I didn't really like how they tasted, so I didn't keep any really, like, I gave them all away. <clears throat> then the next day, we went and fished somewhere else, and I can't say that lake name, but sure. uh, <laughs> one of the smaller lakes in the Bemidji area is one I had never fished before, but we had some fun, you know, it was Dang. a good time. I don't think I've ever heard the sentence, I didn't like the way crappies tasted. Yeah, well, like, if you ever fish like, shallow water lakes and stuff, and, like, I think more of us is that they didn't, we didn't have any running water, so we didn't get to rinse the blaze after we cleaned them, you know? And they were, like, pretty bloody because we didn't bleed them out or anything like that. So I think it maybe had a little bit to do with that. But, like, if you ever ate and, you know, uh, fish and they taste like mud, especially catfish, if you don't get rid of the belly meat and stuff, mm-hmm. it gets real muddy, you know. Uh, that's kind of what it tastes like. It's like trout and stock lakes and stuff, you know. You eat those trout and they just taste gross, you know. It's like, nah. I'm not going to be keeping any more fish from this lake. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to go out on a limb and say it's at least half of that problem was not being able to rinse them off good, and you're eating fish slime and probably some And we told them, and (laughs) we told them, like, the cook, and we're like, hey, you know, can you rinse these out and stuff? Because West One's cool. You can bring fish there. Mm And they'll fry them up for you, but, you know, I don't necessarily know if they rinse them off well enough, and whatever but we had we had brought three bags of fish in you know so we had all this extra fish that they all cooked up and you pay like per pound so yeah we spent like 50 dollars for them to cook it up because we brought so many fish and then we had all this extra so we just ended up feeding people at the bar some crappies and they're like oh yeah where'd you get these and i always find it funny because the locals are like you know as a as a you know a pretty good fisherman and stuff, you can go to these lakes and just pound fish. And like the locals are like, you didn't catch those out here like all the time. You go to different parts of the state or right. They're like, yeah, yeah, we did actually. We pounded them, and they're like, what? Really? I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is different too because you get people, especially with crappies. I, I hear this a lot. We're like, well, the crappies only bite at eight o'clock. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. It's only because <laughs> you're in your house at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and, and, like, a lot of that stuff, like, for me, where I grew up, I'm in Alaska, like, so, like, knowing what time of the day you're going to be fishing. So, if you're, you know, fishing after work every night, well, typically crappies move out in the basin at dark, right? So, you see people doing that, and they don't want to fish the weeds. They mm-hmm. don't know where they are during the day. Well, little did you know, they're just right there. They're right there, you know, and yeah, and none of those guys really get out and, you know, troll, as we call it, you know, and uh, they sit in their fish house, and it's like, well, good luck, you know. Yeah, so uh, I want to go back to something you said, too. I don't think I've ever heard this 
term. You said power play, but I'm guessing in my mind uh, you're fishing the same hole. Like you rip one out when somebody drops right back down. Is that what's going yeah. on? Okay. Yes. So originally I was in the hole by myself and everybody else was like 70, 100 yards away. And I got, I kind of seen a couple under the snowbank and stuff. So I drill it and I start fishing and it was slow at first. And then all of a sudden they came in and I'm just stacked like six fish, 13 feet of water. I'm like, wow. And just catching them. Well, they were inhaling the bait so hard that like I had one that was gulleted in its mouth. Right. So I couldn't unhook it because like you don't have time when situations like that, the schools move so fast. Right. You know? and, so I'm just trying to be fast as efficient as I can. And then this one just freaking sucks her in. I'm like, I can't even get it out. It's so far deep. So I just threw that fish and threw my rod and grabbed another <laughs> rod. And then I start catching my buddy Nico comes up and he goes and looks at my live scope and he's looking at, he's like, they're right under you. I'm like, I know dude, get over here. And yeah. Power play is, it's just like, it's more important with perch, I think, but crappies too, especially, you know, the big schools that are moving a lot. You, want to try to fish efficiently as possible in my mind and yeah so we we're taking turns as soon as i'm pulling out of the hole he's dropping in because you want to keep that school there right yeah and, for sure and, and if you can't keep their attention they're just going to keep going and it just you know 17 fish and like we're like probably honestly eight minutes i mean we were just as fast as you could drop and like once we had a pyramid up there four feet under the ice i'm like don't drop any farther don't scare the school because you don't never want to pull crappies out of the middle of the school or the bottom because it'll spook the rest of them. It's kind of like throwing them back down the hole and watching all the, that whole school just disappear. You know what I mean? Right. Because I've seen that. So at the Kings of Painfish tournament, I was, you know, I don't get to do nothing, but I'm looking at this guy's live scope and he's, and I look and, and I can see because it's pointed right at him that there's 20 fish right under him. I'm like, oh, he's on him. Well, he messed up. He screwed. He threw one of those fish down. The first fish he caught was a small one, and he threw it back. I watched the whole school disappear, and I'm like, "Yep," because hmm. I'm I'm a firm believer in like when you're catching them and they're schooled up, and they were fishing like 13 feet too. If you throw that fish down that same hole, like a lot of times, it's, it's if you got a hole around you, just throw it over in that other hole, you know. Or, just keep them on the ice until they're done is what I do. But yes. as long as you're not over your limit, you know. Or your limit or if it's 20 below zero and they're going to freeze instantly or something like that. Yeah. So in best case scenario, you have a different hole in the area and you can throw it down there. But, yeah, if you can do that most of the time and not throw them down and spook the school. But, like, the same, like, we're talking about having pyramid up. Yeah, you don't want to take fish out of the bottom of the school or the middle of the school. Cause it'll spook them, you know. Right. When what were you guys using? Well, you know, eight ounce pinhead. Yep. Man, <laughs> Big one, man. So that's a weird. It's not weird. Like we all know, like it's well known, right? The pinhead just it works. It just works. And I, I know I was skeptical at first, like when people were like, "Don't don't put any meat on it, just just a spoon." I was like, "What?" Yeah. And sure enough. But what sticks out weird in my mind is like it's not like spoons are new, you know. Swedish pimple has been out for a zillion years, and yeah. I don't remember really ever hearing anybody just jigging with the straight Swedish pimple and not baiting it. No, but I always tipped it. Like where I grew up, my favorite lure was by far the frosty, and uh, that's what I used. Like my whole growing up and stuff, you tip the frosty with a minnow head. 
like people are always like clay you fish so big and stuff i'm like not really you know like this year at the nic championship i used a, a quarter ounce spoon and, and i did it as a joke but here come to find out they love it <laughs> and I'm like, no way. i was like a quarter ounce well, it was a blade spoon, actually, yeah, pink with gold back. But, yeah, if you can fish big, why wouldn't you? That's my thing, you know what I mean? It's like you get down there faster. The indication reasons are just so much easier to see a bite, get down there quick. I mean, it's just all about efficiency, you know. Yeah. And when but, you're looking at crappies, they got that big mouth. It's not like they're, you know. Oh, yeah. With bluegills, maybe a little bit different, but a big bluegill you know, they, they become a different creature when they get to a certain size, you know, even like their habits kind of change. We used to get some of these real big bluegills. They start, you know, they leave the, the weeds, they'll roam around. They'll be, you know, it depends on the lake obviously, but they'll kind of almost become more pelagic and just like roam around and eat minnows. And it's, it's yeah, just kind of weird. They're not scared of much and, and stuff. And it, it, for me, it all depends on the pressure too, you know, like, like not, barometric pressure nothing i don't really believe in any of that stuff i'm like as long as there's fish there i'm gonna get up to bite you know what i mean and so i don't know there's a lot of people that play moon phases pressure fronts you know three days before uh a front comes <laughs> in the fish are gonna stabilize and stuff it's like listen here i'm gonna be on the lake no matter what and I'm going to figure out, yeah, some days, you know, especially in the middle of the winter, winter when oxygen levels get low and stuff like they are now, some some fish might become lethargic and stuff. Sure, we see that up in you know, North Dakota, northern Minnesota, some of the shallower lakes and stuff. Or, you know, southern Minnesota is getting a huge kill off this year because from winter kills from the low water and stuff. But other than that, like Okaboji is the only lake I know where you absolutely have to fish two to three mils. Like, that's it and you can't fish big down there but that's one reason i love fishing down there is because like it's going to make you a better fisherman the first couple first year we went there we're like this is stupid like these fish are suicidal <laughs> second year we went there just got humbled and i'm like mm. wow this is the okaboji everybody talks about but we go back every year it's like it's a good time and makes you a better fisherman you know that's why we do a lot of this stuff yeah i've never made it down there it's, it's cool, and the bluegills are, like, the average size is ridiculous, really, you know. Really? Yeah, like, you know, uh, 10 ulcers, you know, and so, like, and but they're built, too. It's, like, it's not like some of the other fish around in Minnesota where you get, like, a 10-incher and it's going to go 1-2, and you're like, wow, that's crazy. But they're nice bluegills. It's a good time. Catch crap out of them. How did uh, how did you fare at the NAIFC? Uh, so Okaboji, we pre-fished for a total of one day for two events. I just had a lot of stuff going on at that time and I couldn't, we couldn't make anything happen. And fishing Emerson Bay, we kind of knew that there's three spots, right? Pocahontas Point, Boat Ramp, Little Emerson. That's just how it always shakes out. The one year there was a rock pile bite, but that's been non-existent since then. But, uh, yeah, we figured out Emerson Bay, we pre-fished for a total of probably 90 minutes. And we're like, yep, we know where we're going. We just went to our spots, checked them all out. We're like, yep, all the fish are here this year. Okay, cool. The other one we spent eight hours on, and that one we'd never fished before, and it was pretty good-sized bay. But, yeah, we quickly figured out that where all the locals were fishing was where we were going to fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, there's 300 people here. 
weird. There's hundred foot schools of fish. Okay, we're gonna start here, you know. And, wow. And we, I didn't even hook a fish. That was all just live scope camera. We didn't have time to fish because we were running so short on pre-fish time that I didn't bite a line. Um, yeah, my first fish that I pulled through the hole was like a huge bluegill game day, and I'm like, oh, they get this big in here because Emerson Bay, like you get decent ones, but it felt like the East Okaboji, like the average was a lot better, you know, but yeah, that's weird, because it's just on the other side of the lake, but Okaboji's a huge lake, and yeah, it was, it's fun, that East Okaboji was really fun, like a lot of crappies, a lot of bluegill, yeah, it's fun. Yellow bass, I never caught a yellow bass until I went there. Yeah, I haven't caught, I actually, I don't make a trip, like, maybe not, doesn't necessarily have to be Boji, but like, I've seen a lot of people catching yellow bass this year, even in southern Minnesota. I'm like, I gotta go do that. That looks like a riot. Yeah, like, and they're they're like an invasive species, so like everybody wants to get rid of them because they just create problems. It sounds like, and it sounds like they're pretty good table fare. I didn't eat any, you know, but they're pretty small. I'm like, you guys eat these tiny little things? I know that's kind of been my thing too. You know, it's like somebody will keep just an absolute giant pile of them, and it's like. And that's a lot of cleaning, and those don't look very big. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a lot of work for not a very big payout. But I mean, maybe I haven't done it, so yeah. I, I mean, say. maybe if it's good, I've had white bass before, and I wasn't disappointed with that at all. It was actually pretty decent, but uh, yeah, I've never had the yellow bass. It's probably similar. Maybe the smaller fillets taste better. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I mean, I assume they're somewhat similar. I know, like with the the white bass, you know, take that bloodline out on the back. Um, I don't know if the yellow bass have that. I guess I would assume that they would, but maybe not. Be so, so small, I probably don't even have to worry about yeah. it. <laughs> maybe that's that's probably a possibility too. Did you fish the championship up north? Yeah, we fished there. We got six again. Last two years, we got six. Six? That ain't bad against a pretty stacked field. Not against that field, yeah. No, that's that's all good. We're happy with that. We, uh, I think we're in second after day one, maybe. I don't know. Whenever there's small fish and it's like a fishy lake and stuff, we we tend to do pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. Are you saying you're good at catching small fish? <laughs> uh, for some reason, yeah. I mean, our, a lot of time our theories are is like we just go to where we know there's some good fish. But they're always mixed, you know, unless we have just a juice spot, you know what I mean? But, yeah, we just, I don't mind sorting. Some people hate it, you know, and I'm like, whatever, I'd rather be catching all day and sorting than catching one big one every four hours. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that wrecks your confidence, too. But that was kind of a crazy deal with the ice conditions and stuff like that when you got people up there pre-fishing for two separate lakes and then they cancel the one lake like did that throw any wrenches into your guys plans not one because here's the thing i was pre-fishing snyder for i was just focusing on that lake while hilla was kind of figuring out elbow and anyway so i didn't have any hours on elbow lake at all the lake where it got canceled off of and i show up that morning we just got a bunch more snow so that was kind of another reason i got canceled out there in the slush conditions right but uh, I show up there, and Myron and Myron Gilbert and Dave Ellis pull up to me as I'm unloading, and I'm like the last truck there, right? It's like 10 o'clock, and they're like, Clay, you might as well not even unload your sled. I'm like, well, I already got it off the trailer. 
They're like, yeah, well, put it back on. It's not going to be out here anymore. And I'm like, oh, sick. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I haven't pre-fished out here once. I've just been on Snyder. And they're like, you fuck. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, it's rigged. You knew, didn't you? I'm like, I had no idea, dude. I kind of figured that it was going to be because, you know, this lake's deep and and uh we didn't have no ice and it takes forever for it to freeze i mean there was like five inches though six inches out there and you got tracks side by side and stuff, you know. that's dangerous yeah you know like it is tough you know being in mike's positioning too and having to you know say we're not going to have it out there i know all you guys spent time out here and there's other people that want it to have out there because there's really good crappies out there and uh whatever but it's kind of a blessing in some of disguise because most of the crappies out there that like my partner and everybody else were catching were deep you know and i don't know that's so like like now i'm doing this kings of panfish thing right like one thing i'd want to avoid is killing all these fish in the lakes you know what i mean mm-hmm. like people, people are going to be there pre-fish and we want to avoid the borrow trauma you know, like Minnewaska, prime example. People didn't fish over 18 feet of water out there. I can guarantee you that. It's just knowing the lake. Like, we didn't have – if any fish were dying, it was because they were choking the bait so deep. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, like, yeah. Yeah, and, like, keeping it on the big lakes, like, none of these small lakes need the pressure of 100 anglers going out there. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's like a fine line. You know what I mean? It's, oh, it is. You know. It is, but, and it's kind of like uh, optics. You know, in Minnesota, May, they always talk about that. You know, it's like, oh, the locals don't like us coming up here. And you hear that from time to time. You know, oh, we take we take a lot of fish out of the lake. Well, yeah, I mean, we do, but that's like one day. And most tournament guys I know, like, when they're pre-fishing and when they're just fun fishing, like, they rarely ever keep fish. You know, it's like yeah. the tournaments are the one day they do keep fish. And meanwhile, it's like I, I feel like it's so much disingenuous to to feel guilty or have somebody mad at you for, you know, taking these fish out when day in and day out, weekend and weekend out, like the locals are just taking buckets out, like mm-hmm. not nonstop. You know, it's like and you're going to get on us for one day. <laughs> I think more of it, you know, like they bitch about it, but it's it's really jealousy. They want all those fish in their buckets. They don't want those fish in anybody else's bucket but theirs. It's their lake, you know. It's like, yeah. come on, man. I mean, yeah, that and also it's like, you know, chances are the fish that we catch, you weren't going to catch anyways because you're yes. not you're fishing in that community hole. Like you said, sometimes the community hole is the spot, but, you know, nine times out of ten it's not. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's set up an eight foot weed flat. Nobody's set up, you know, or shallower. You know, you yeah. you'd never you would have never found those fish. No, you know, yeah, no. they're always fishing their old honey holes from years past, and then yeah, what they was cool when we had the Waska tournament. Like the two places where I had my fish house this year was where everybody was. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that's always a good feeling knowing that you guys spent a week out here pre fishing. And you're fishing 20 yards from where my fish house was <laughs> and 20, 20 yards from where my fish house was. The other, and, and, like, I just wanted to say something. I'm like, man, you know, you guys are pushing all these fish out deep in the basin and stuff. Like, I get all my good fish in the basin, but nobody went there. And I'm like, well, maybe they're not setting up like that anymore. But it's hard to believe, you know. It's like, I know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I fished out here 30 days this winter, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but whatever. Uh, I mean, it's still, there's 13 pound bag brought, and that's kind of what we figured it was going to take and stuff. And, nice. 
yeah it was it was cool like it was weird for me like not fishing and stuff you know but it was cool on its own right kind of you know spreading the joy and stuff a lot of the people you know i've you know not necessarily mentored but helped out through the years and stuff and and like you teach them like the kind of ways like how you fish and stuff and then you see them kicking your ass you know (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, like all right it's all good (laughs) yeah i mean that is a weird it is kind of a weird thing right like the competitive nature is still there, but also you're like, okay, but I, I helped get that person there. So your your ego, while it took a little beating, uh, also got stroked a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a it's a weird emotion. I don't think there's a name for that. Right. It's so cool. At the end of the day, I still smile every time, you know. Prime example would be like Ben Luderman. Me and Ben have talked from before he started doing tournaments and stuff. And, you know, he's, and he's like one of the guys that gets it. He's got all these questions, you know, over the years. And now I'm like the one asking him questions. I'm like, well, what's up, man? Where'd you get this stuff? And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, right. Like, you know, he's on the top of his game. Him and Colby are great fishermen, you know, and uh, they're tough to beat. <laughs> yeah. So how did you go from, you know, being a tournament angler to then all of a sudden, especially, so you've had experience with NAIC and you know the shit show that happened with that ultimately. And then how do you go from that to going, I think I want to try that shit show and starting the Kings of Panfish. Walk walk us through that mental process. So I've been trying to get the NAIC to come to Waska for sure for the last year. I, I tried throwing some money out there and like, you know, also two grand out for the pot and stuff. And uh, I'll see if I can find some other local sponsors and stuff because it's a great lake. It's one of the lakes where I learned how to cut my teeth. It's where I grew up and a uh, huge lake, right? It's 8,000 acres and basically cut the lake in thirds, only fish the Glenwood side, right? That's what it comes down to in the winter anyways. In the summer, you can, you can explore a little bit, mm-hmm. but... So that brings it down from 8,000 acres to, let's say, 2,500. And then you can kind of just look at the map and be like, well, this is all junk. This is all junk. The fish are going to be here. So it becomes pretty easy, right? But so anyways, like the whole Kings of Panfish thing that came out, I think, last fall. So, yeah, I'd asked to have an event hosted there. And I'm like, you know, I won't fish it, whatever. I just think it would be good, a good lake for a tournament on and didn't work out right like uh yeah it ended up being somewhere else and like whatever you know and then this year like uh i tried to do it again and it got where was it supposed to be long lake up by Vergas, and uh i'm like well since it's not going to be in waska i threw some feelers out on facebook on my personal page and I'm like hey you know would anybody be interested in fishing a tournament if i hosted them in alaska and you know, all these people are like yeah yeah i'm like well off the top of my head that's 40 teams you know mm-hmm. i'm like screw it we'll do it let's see what happens uh yeah so i just got the ball rolling there the wife helped me out we got the permit we got the dates figured out that wouldn't conflict for anybody and stuff and yeah and so we got had to wait for the permit, got the permit, had to file DBA with the state, you know, do it all legit. Luckily, I'm a business owner, so me and my wife, we do it all in-house and stuff, so we kind of understand the just uh, all that stuff, right? And then, so we get the permit, get everything rolling and announce it, and, you know, me being me, a lot of people like me for I don't know what reasons, right? <laughs> but, but uh, because, like, let's face it, I'm 
fairly blunt, you know what I mean? And I speak it as a lace, you know what I mean? And, and that's just who I am, you know, there's no point of sugar and stuff or whatever. It's just, you know, people are going to want people to speak the truth and that's me, you know, and whatever, or my truth, right? It might not always be right. And that's fine. I'm willing to accept that. But anyways, uh, yeah, so we get all that. Next thing you know, it's, it filled up in what, two weeks originally. And then, uh, once it got closer and I had the money date down, some teams couldn't make it work. Some people had some stuff going on, right? Whatever mm-hmm. I get it. You're always going to have that. Yep. So we ended up with, what, 44 teams. And I tried super hard to fill it. We had a couple of last-minute teams and stuff. And so we basically had, I would say, 10 to 15 teams that had never fished tournament like this ever in their life. And every one of them will be back. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? They're all like, dude, this is crazy. I'm like, that's what I thought the first time I did it. You know? And I'm like, it's cool. And this, you know, like a couple of guys are like already selling their wheelers, getting snowmobiles because we had such bad slush oh, there. Yeah. You know? Everybody's mm-hmm. doing that this year. This has been one of those years that it's like wheelers are pointless. Well, my wheeler is completely pointless because it's legitimately still frozen in <clears throat> the bog and uh, on a trail into a remote lake in northern Minnesota. It's still there. Oh yeah. Well, I have no way of getting it out until Mother Nature releases its icy grip. It's. I mean, I may yeah. as well have drove through a, a concrete pour and let it set. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, I made one yeah. feeble attempt after the fact with, with a hub house and a heater, and that was like laughable how that didn't work. <laughs> so yeah, have to yeah. be dangerous. Yeah. 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 So. Sorry. Yeah. So I have a wheeler too. I bought brand new in 2020, right? And. uh I've got, I think, 300 miles on it, and I haven't used it for ice fishing since 2020. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, uh, I borrowed it to Anthony Rodriguez, who is a you know good buddy of mine, uh, for the UPL last year. Right, we're fishing against him and stuff. He's like, Clay, I don't want to bring my machine all the way from Michigan. I'm like, all right, you can use mine. Well, I'm not blaming him for anything, but when I got it back, the break, uh, the break thing. Like, kept just locking up, and we tried uh, whatever you call it, bleeding them out and all that stuff, but none of us are mechanics. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm going to have to bring it in. It's, it, it hasn't worked. That was last year, and I haven't even started it. It's like, yeah, yeah whatever. I'll bring it in one day to, to the dealer and stuff and get it fixed. Uh, I don't need it. You know, it's like we had snow right from the get-go, and – yeah, it's just snowmobiles are where it's at, really. You know, well, for... it, it is when it snows. You know, it's like I'm old enough to have seen quite a few winters, and I I remember it was kind of like a it seemed like a teeter totter back and forth. One one year like you'd want a snowmobile, and then one year you'd want a four wheeler because there was no snow. But it's and then we hit yeah. this stretch, and I don't know weather cycles or whatever you want to call it, where for a long time wheelers were fine, like a decade yeah. or better. And then, yeah. it, to me, it almost kind of seems like that's changing a little bit. Like, let's say the last three years, there's at least one or two events where you're like, boy, I sure wish we had a snowmobile instead. Yeah. Or we're just getting more of those bigger snowfalls. So it's like, I know so many people this year that are, like, investing in snowmobiles because it's just, yeah. you're screwed. Like, even if I didn't <laughs> get my wheeler stuck out there, I wouldn't have really been able to use it up here because so much snow but it's not so bad now like most of the most of the storms that like hit the central part of the state missed 
uh, some up here in Orr, Minnesota. So it's, it really wasn't too bad. Oh. And on the last couple ones, we got a little bit, but they were windy enough where it kind of blew it most of it off the lake. So the lake conditions up here are actually still in really good shape. That's where you live now, is up in Orr? Yep, yep, that's where, that's where yeah, I'm at now. That's where me and the wife go every, like yesterday was the week we go and stuff. I'm like, man, but she's pregnant, so yeah, she's oh, doing. way to go. Yeah, doing like, what, May 15th or whatever, so the Monday after walleye opener, so that's great. Well, and, let's uh, hold out a few more days and, sh- and the little <laughs> kid will have a kick-ass birthday. Mine's May 18th, so. Not, well, we got to do a C-section because the first oh, one was it's planned. Number, yeah, because the first one was emergency C-section and they like almost left me in the waiting room. And I'm like, what's oh, going on? Jesus, that's not good. Oh, yeah. That's not... But yeah, we usually go up to the Orr area every March and go play our cab and Crane Lake and Sandpoint Lake. And... Yeah, there's some, there's, there's definitely some good fishing up here for sure. Oh, yeah. The cabs, I mean, the scenery is great, too. I mean, uh, la- last year we stayed on Ash Lake, and we fished out there. And, uh, yeah, it's for the smallies, people that have never experienced that, it's, I mean, I couldn't get my wife to leave the rock piles. I'm like, <laughs> you ready to go and stuff? She's like, you can go. I'm totally fine doing this. And I'm like, you like it? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, it is pretty fun. The smallies fight. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. He's like, I'm snapped again. I'm like, where are we schooling with five pound? <laughs> For me, it's hard to, to cut away from Pelican here. Like, I'm literally staying, like, on the shores of Pelican right now. And yeah. uh, in the summer, I'm a, you know, I fish for bass. And it's hard to beat that lake. People listen to this podcast enough. Know me. Like, they're like, oh, God, here we go, talking about Pelican again. Uh, it is a good lake, too. My God, it's that's, so much that's... fun. The trouble with that lake for us when we were up there fishing it is like, man, those fish move. They do not stop on Pelican. They're just flying. And it's like one of those times where it's like, hey, it might pay better to just set up the fish house. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, know? you mean like the panfish? Yeah. Yeah. The crappies. Yeah. They're just flying. And I'm like, wow. We're trying to stay on these things. And they're like, no, we will not let you drill on me. I'm like, okay. Well, now what? You know, now you go old school, grid it out, wait for him to come back, take a nap. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's that like, is that's exactly how it is. You know, I, I and I've never really ice fished pelican honestly until this year, until I moved mm-hmm. up here because you know we always came up in the summer and I'm sure I ice fished it when I was a kid because we used to live up here like a million years ago, um, when I was just a like super little kid and I'm sure mm-hmm. Dad and I went out there, but Dad was not the greatest of fishermen. Um, at least not by today's standards anyways. And, uh, I, you know, even in the summertime, like I, you know, I know I have my spots where I can go and find crappies, but they weren't really at all that impressive size, you know, right. eaters, but yeah. nothing crazy. Well, this winter I was out there and just randomly checking some spots and caught some really nice crappies. I was like, what yeah. the heck? But just like you're saying, they're like there and they're gone. It's like, yeah. there's no school there. There, you know, there's no like. You know, lakes where you find a school and you set up on, you got a Christmas tree below you and you're just ripping lips, right? No, there's nothing like that. You pick up one here and one there. But they're, but the size, I was like, this lake has these? Like, holy crap. Like, I had no idea. So it's like, oh, they must roam the open, the basins in the summer too. Probably. And then there's a bunch of wood in the water there. So you might, they might do that too, you know. But... Yeah, I've checked some wood. I've checked, uh, like, weeds i mean i'll be doing a little now that i know that that 
that caliber of fish exist, I'm going to spend more time looking for them. Yeah. And there's a lot of water for those fish to hide, man. Like the shallow water is, it's crazy. I mean, Pelican Lake's a huge lake. It, it really is. And yeah. It's just so much water. It's like, man, where are you guys? Yeah. It's deceptively large, but like, I like say with bass, like I feel it, it fishes small in my opinion. Like, sure. but that also might be, I'm starting to kind of piece together that just because I've fished this lake my entire life and, and Waska probably feels this way to you that, it seems smaller than it is. Yeah. It also seems easier than I think it is because it's, I feel like if you know how to catch a bass, <laughs> you're going to crush up here. But then I've seen, you know, there's been a couple tournaments. There's a high school term up here and then classic bass was up here. And then, so you got guys that know how to bass fish and the classic bass was the one that just blew my mind watching that tournament because the first half, the first four hours, there's like half the field only had, one or two fish. And I was just like, I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like everybody should have 50 fish. Like this doesn't even make sense. And so now I, when I talk to other people that fish it and I just like, you know, what do you, I'm always like, well, where, what are you doing? Where are you going? Cause I like, I want to know like, what are you doing to not catch fish? Cause it's like, I just think it's so easy, but right. I'm starting to come to the conclusion that it's, it's probably not as easy as I think it is. I just know the lake that well. It's local knowledge, you know? yeah. That's what I was trying because there was a lot of people that fish Benawaska, so I'm like, you know, we'll do it here. I got all these people I know and stuff, you know, we'll get them to come out and fish tournament because they're locals. And really, in my opinion, they have the advantage, especially a lot of the ones that I fish with and stuff because they fish with me and they kind of get it, you know. And they're, they're like, I go out with my nephew and stuff. I'm like, dude, I, I, like we go out early ice on Waska and stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're getting them out here. I'm like, cool, I'm just going to drive up. Like, what do I need to bring? And they're, I'm like, how many live scopes you got? They're like, we got four, Jesus. actually five. And I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, like you're 17, dude. How do you guys all have live scopes and stuff? Well, they work, which is cool, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm like, oh, like I seriously didn't. I'm like, well, do you have like a Vexlar I can use too? And they're like, well. Yeah, I'm like, I'll bring one. (laughs) (laughs) And whatever. But we go out fishing with them, and I'm like, man, like these kids can catch. I'm like, and whatever. And so, actually, none of them ended up coming to the tournament because they're all basketball players and they were in the state championship. Uh So they're like, well, if we lose, we'll come. But it's totally viable on what happens Thursday. I'm like, I get it, you know. And they won, so they had to uh, play on Saturday, too. So, yeah, none of them came, but they'll be there next year as long as it doesn't land on one of those weekends. But, uh, yeah, we did have some local teams and stuff that joined and fished. Uh, I don't think none of them actually did very well, but they're just like, dude, these guys are freaking, like, that was cool. Like, even though we did shitty and stuff, like, we had a blast. It's like watching everybody and it's like the whole like the whole rules meeting and stuff you hear people talk about it and they're like, it was the best time ever. And well, there's a couple of reasons for that. First, I had a couple of cocktails before it. And, then <laughs> I, and like, I had no filter. Even my wife, like, Clayton, Clayton, shut up. And I'm like, yeah, my bad. Next subject, <laughs> you know, but it was like, you know, going over the rules and stuff. It's like, like, I'm like, you know, it's eight crappies, eight sunfish. Everybody here in count 16. Right. And everybody starts laughing. I'm like, Lily is my daughter. She's six. I'm like, Lily, you can count to 16, right? She's like, Dad, I can count to 100. And I'm like, see, <laughs> she can do it. She's six. You know, it's not that hard. And here, I we had to DQ two teams because they had too many fish. And it's like, Seriously? You know, 
Yeah. And one of them's like my good buddy and the other one was the St. Cloud Bass team. And it's like, you know, uh, especially if you're trying to upgrade at the end of the day, but it's like, you know, me being me, like we count our fish together twice. That's just what we do. You know what I mean? And each one of us has to have our eyes. Like a lot of times one of us will sort at the end and then we'll come back to the bucket and do a final count. Mm-hmm. Like, but, so the one team was rushed and they were getting them at the end and stuff like so they forgot to take one out whatever right and uh i don't know what happened to the other team but i felt bad because one of the teams decided that he was like one of my better friends that i've had my whole life you know he's a local boy we went to school together and uh yeah it's like you know a rule's a rule you know and that's what another thing like the rules meeting and stuff i'm like if anybody thinks they're gonna cheat here and stuff get out right now you know like if you're gonna try to come in here and weigh dead fish okaboji style you know like it's not gonna happen <laughs> it's not gonna happen you know everybody is start rolling this stuff and, and that's how you gotta be like you mm-hmm. people you know some people are like oh i don't want to fish tournament people cheat and stuff and like you shouldn't feel that you have to worry about getting cheated out of your money. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's the thing I think the NRC kind of failed with, you know, not to talk any smack about that, but it's like, that's one of the reasons everybody liked the Frankie's tournament. The dude was an asshole. Well, great. You know, like you want somebody there that's going to hold their foot down on these rules and not bend them. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about too much what happened at Boji, but there's just too many things that happened through the years that we just had enough, you know, and like, yeah, and then the dead fish thing or whatever, you know, it's like, come on, dude, pay attention. Like, if that would have happened to me, I would have thrown the bucket right back at him, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no, and whatever, like, and yeah, it's... It's whatever. It's the sad thing that happened that you have to worry about cheaters or anything like that. You know, it's just why, you know, like we're all here to have fun. Like you think you look at everybody around you, they're all your friends. You know, you all share the same passion and everything for fishing. Like that's what it really comes down to is like all of us have this huge passion for fishing. Right. And I don't, you know, it's just a drive. It just drives you to get better and, to go fish against your buddies and stuff. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Wait, sure, we all want to win, you know, but as long as you're doing, having fun, like that's what it's really about, you know, and catching fish. Like we all hate the tournaments where you got to go there and you're like, oh, like look at Frankie's last year. We won 7,500 bucks with 4.8 pounds for 16 fish. <laughs> like we came to the weigh-in and I'm like, we're screwed, you know, I'm like, God, we suck, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. And then, like, Evan Finnegar and Paul are like, uh, Clay, I think you guys have it in the bag. I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> you know? I'm like, there's <laughs> right. no way, dude. And they're like, and Evan just like, because I know Evan pretty good. And he's just like, no, no, I'm serious, Clay. I think you guys won. I'm like, there's no way, dude. You know? But but even that we won, like, that day sucked. You know what I right. mean? Like, those 4.8 pounds for 16 fish, come on. You know? Yeah. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't fun. That's brutal. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that was on the final day too, because that, that's right. That was the new the new format for Frankie's, right? The two dayer. Yeah. So uh, the top ten teams went, and like we didn't even think we cracked top ten on the first day. I'm like, God, we suck, you know. And like I had started drinking and stuff, and and uh, <laughs> and, and next and like I honestly like don't drink that much, right? It's like especially this year, it's like that's not worth it, right? And uh yeah, so I couldn't tell you the last time I got drunk. Actually I could, it was September. But anyways, uh 
yeah freaking frankie's i'm like three cocktails in i'm like well i'm drinking we got a hotel room anyways i'm here for moral support and next thing you know my partner comes up to me he's like clay uh there's three teams left away and we're in third place we're for sure fishing tomorrow so quit drinking i'm like oh, oh done deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like are you serious dude i'm like this bullshit with everybody yeah so both days we thought we sucked, but somehow we ended up winning. I'm like, but, but back to the whole point of that story is like, we all hate those lakes where you have to go. So like come back to Kings of Panfish. Like I wanted to have it there because I knew it'd be, you know, 12, 13 pounds, maybe 14 if somebody got all the right fish. But anyways, yeah, I'm like, you know, I know people are going to have fun because 2013 was the last tournament that was out there and that was when it was team at Trim and we won it you know like we had a huge x on our back they're like well this is clayton's leak and mm-hmm. like hell yeah it is you know and fish <laughs> you know like you guys are screwed <laughs> they're like yo i lost the fish i wasn't on nothing and then oh, i no. found them i found them with like an hour left of pre-fish and i found this juice i put this old blue you remember that big blue aqua view mm-hmm. i was carrying it around with a gas auger Oh my and god! Like, yeah, and I'm drilling, and uh, actually, I was with another team because it was like my first year tournament fishing, man. So, me and Josh Shakora were walking around pre-fishing together, and we're on different teams because my brother couldn't make it, and his partner couldn't make it. So I'm like, whatever, dude. You know, I don't care. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, I dropped the camera down, and we go back to the side by side to get my uh, rods and stuff. By the time I could get back to the hole, here come other teams. They're like, oh, Clay. Where are all the fish at? I ain't joking. They're right under my feet. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm like, my spot's going to get. Yeah, everybody left. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, oh, I'm going to drop down and catch one or two. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. You know? And that's where we started day two. Three teams there. We all made a truce. It was one of the coolest things ever to this day. We all made a truce, and we kept other teams out of there straight up. It was just straight defense. We caught all of our fish <laughs> By 10 in the morning, we caught all of our fish, and we just surrounded the spot and didn't let anybody else in. We're like, we're saving these fish. We weren't even fishing. We are like, our, it looked like we were fishing. Our jigs were, like, under the ice. That's it. Sure. You know, it, it was funny. Just waiting for people but, to leave, and then you can move back on your fish? No, we like, wouldn't. We were saving them. We're like, you know, because we had thirteen. We had twelve eight six. I think Lanky had thirteen one or something like that. And then Sakura were right. So we were one, two, three. We were in second. Day two came. We all went there again because you leave an order of what you're in. So we got the spot again. Now we got company. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and uh, yeah, all the other teams were catching them. Me and my brother weren't catching nothing. We had like two fish. I'm like, we got to move. And he's like, where? We made a small move at first and caught some perch. I'm like, we got to move again. And we moved again, and by the time I had the second hole drill, my my uh, brother John had a fourteen inch. Oh, I'm like, oh. nice. like alright. And because I only had one blade on my Honda four stroke auger at the time because I hit a tree the day before when I took everybody out fun fishing. And uh we were fishing wood and yeah, I hit a it wrecked the whole angle of my, my bit. So that sucked. But yeah, so I'm like laying on this auger, forty inches of ice. It's like you know, four <laughs> minutes to drill through it. He's just slamming them. So I get done drilling the second hole, get there, and we just started hammering. I'm like, this is what we need. 
And yeah, by noon that day, we already knew it was over. Mm. And we're like, yep, they're toast. We got a better bag today than yesterday. And we knew that they weren't doing good where we started and stuff. Like when we left, that's why we left. We're like, there's not enough fish, you know. And they kind of wanted to stick it out or whatever. And, and you know, rightfully so. It's probably a good fish. Maybe they were coming in, maybe they weren't, whatever. But we just rolled the dice and got that done. And I think we had like, 25 and a half pounds for a two-day tournament on Waska and uh dang yeah so I'm like you know to have it back there so the people that were at that tournament almost all of them came to the Kings of Panfish tournament so that shows you right there how much people like if they're gonna drive from Michigan from Wisconsin from wherever like they're not gonna want to fish Chisago you know right 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 like, oh, come on, you know, especially these days, Chisago sucks, you know. Like, yeah, it got, got knocked back for sure. And that's like, an, you know, another thing, you can take Green Lake, for example. It's a lake I fish quite a bit, too. Uh, it's not good right now. I'll tell you that. The, the three years of the tournaments on that specific lake where the fish are so easily to target with live scope, it's not good, you know, like. Is it necessarily from us? No, because all the locals that seen where we were all fishing at those tournaments, guess what? There's four houses in every one of those spots. And right. it's like, there you go. You know, it sucks to see that kind of stuff happen, you know, and like for the tournament directors everywhere, I hope they're listening. Like you cannot fish the same lakes three years in a row. Like you took one of my favorite lakes to fish and I'm not blaming anybody, you know, but it's fucked. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and partially the blame with live scope and just people, you know, keeping a lot of fish. We're all guilty of it. You know, I would never bring anybody down for keeping any fish. Cause I keep fish too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like, you know, it's up to us to decide the right thing to do or not. Like anybody who keeps bluegills over nine inches is not allowed to fish with me. Like straight up. <laughs> I like, had, I like that rule. It's, I mean, it's, it's an easy rule. There's no reason that it should make you feel better to cut, a, you know, a big bluegill. Like, I've done it enough in my life to know that I don't like doing it anymore, you right. know, and, and especially the big males. Like, everything that we learn about fish and biology and, like, shit, half of us could have DNR degrees and stuff from as much stuff as we study for fishing, you know, and, yeah, and it's like like crappies too. It's like man, you know. I know, and that it's it's almost even more egregious with crappies when somebody, you know, and it's not so much like with tournament anglers because they they know, you know, they understand what a really what what a different class like a fourteen incher is, but it's kind of more you're like weekend warriors that suddenly they stumble upon a big school of 13s and 14s and then you know you see the picture on facebook a bucket just full of them and they're just you know you hate to shit on them because they're just happy as pigs and shit. Yeah. Um, but also you're like, ah, uh, there's a reason you don't catch those that often. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, uh, what do you do? And that, that was always one of the bittersweet things about, you know, having a good bag in a tournament was then having to put a knife to those fish or just like, yeah. well, when I'm cleaning fish that night and, you know, and I am, I'm, you know, I'm cutting up a, a nine inch gill or I'm cutting up a 13 yeah. inch crappie. I hate it. You know, I'm just like, this, this, I just don't feel good about this, but. Talk about like cutting up 10 inch gills and stuff like Metagoshi. When we used to go there in December, like they had the last couple of Metagoshi tournaments have been in March. Well, 
the Turtle Mountain region in general in March is a bad idea because the oxygen levels are so low. So I was like, I'm not even going to that. Like, I already know how it's going to suck. You know what I mean? Then there's like four pounds wins it and stuff. And you're like, that's not Metagoshi. Because Metagoshi back when the NIC events were in December, the first weekend of January, dude, huge fish. Like 16 bluegills, 16 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like my first bluegill I caught there was 10 and 5 ace. And it was like, I don't one one probably I guess I don't know but we like we've seen bluegills up to pound and a half there and it's like man you know like the first one I caught I'm like it's a walleye you know and I'm like yeah, it's not a sunny you know comes in the hole and I'm like oh my god <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. like dude this thing didn't even fight like a sunny like it just you know how the sunny's just pump you know mm-hmm. and I'm like this thing was just fighting you know and I'm like man but yeah that, like at the end of the day, cleaning your bucket there, you're like, wow. You know, like, I'm going to hell. Sure. <laughs> I know. It's like, it feels <laughs> terrible. You're like, oh. And preach about selective harvest, and then here I am just. But what do you do? Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's, I mean, it's it's the one time a year, or, you know, it's rare. And it's, so you got to just, it's just part of the game, I guess. But so, yeah, you were out there helping um, UPL out on uh, their last event because I saw you out there because I was filling in for a uh, partner for yeah. Stu. Yeah. And we got just crushed, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we had four super tiny bluegills. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, Stu didn't want to – I mean, I get it because I'm kind of the same. Like, he didn't want to fish with the crowd. But, unfortunately, yeah. the way that day was and that lake set up, like, you had to, that you know, for the first hour to get your good crappies and then – once that bite died, then everybody it seemed like everybody struggled to get their gills because nobody weighed a full bag. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we tried. Yeah, you know, we tried to. I mean, he had a spot. He said he had uh, crappies on it, and so I'm like, yeah, let's go there then. You know, it's not it's away from the crowd, but they weren't there. So, it is yeah. what it is. But what did you? What were your takeaways from you know helping Matt out with UPL that day? And did you take any of that stuff with you then to Kings of Panfish? Yeah, well, physically, I did take away some stuff, too, because Matt borrowed me the table, the scale. Oh, nice. <laughs> and everything that I needed for the way in the Kings of Panfish. So I did take some stuff away from there. But, yeah, like uh, watching the event and stuff, like I fished UPL, you know, a few years. I think like four years total. Anyways, four or five. Off and on, you know, like we gave the NIC a run for a few years, and obviously we weren't going to do the UPL, too. It's just too much, you know. And, mm-hmm. And then this year, we were going to make a full run at the NFC again for Team of the Year, but uh, obviously that didn't work <laughs> that out. That didn't pan out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I kind of knew what I was signing up for. It was cool not having to worry about being there, like, super early and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, all I got to do is unload my sled. Like, I don't even have to put nothing on it. Like, it's just take off and I'm ready to go. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. But, yeah, like... Uh, so like the biggest thing i took away from there would be like the wing like we knew the bluegill the seven inch thing i'm like matt i've got you like you got me like sorting all these fish and stuff like i have to you know i have to tell these people no if they come up with small fish you know and it's only fair to everybody because you talk to people they're like oh i threw back so many six and three quarters i'm like i ain't letting nothing squeak mm-hmm. you know and, no, I, and saw I saw you did. toss a couple of fish <laughs> yeah and i'm like and they're like my friends and stuff you know and i'm like 
like yeah pat and dave came up and i'm like nope not going today and i threw it they're like what the hell clay and i'm like they're like it goes i'm like here you do it you you figure it out it doesn't go you know and like if there was going to be an official panfish board of anything i would say it would be the catch board you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but yeah freaking i put it on there again i'm like it doesn't even get close man you know it's like at the end of the day, you got to keep all these things fair to every competitor and stuff, you know. And, for sure. And and for people, so and it was like a week before the KOP tourney, so it's like I got to make a statement and know that like I ain't playing around and like you know I'm like well, you know, sorry to be the dickhead, but at the same time everybody respected it, you know what I mean? They're like for sure. That's fair to everybody, and that's how it should be. If you're gonna have a minimum size limit, you got to enforce it, you know. And, right. In any roles, you know, I, I get the UPLs laid back. They don't have like officials on the ice and stuff. You got Zane running around, you know, doing the live video and whatever, which is cool, you know, because people like seeing that stuff. But like my tournament, I had officials everywhere, you know. I'm like, nope, you know, we're going to have eyes on everybody, you know. And uh, I was running Tom around all day on the snowmobile and we almost crashed once. And, uh, but yeah. I just felt Tom come sliding into me. <laughs> so, like, we, were, we were going pretty good across the lake and all of a sudden a snowbank. So I just slam on the brakes, you know, and, uh, yeah, he's like, Whoa. And I'm like, yeah, it would have been worse if I didn't hit the brakes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For real. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it took away from the UPL. I guess that would be, you know, other than Matt, let me borrow stuff. I kind of knew what I was signing up for and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I think every tournament, like you've seen what was happening there, they were tight. Like you, should, in my opinion, there should be, you know, no waving of rules. You know, like because nobody's gonna say, "Hey, you can't fish this hole." Nobody's gonna say it in the UPL, right? Right. So, so it's like you know, you just have to make the rule, and a rule's a rule, and if you break that rule, you're getting punished. And if you break it again, you're DQ'd. You know, that's right. what I did on my tournament. It's like. If you drill closer than 15 feet, and this is from hole to hole, right? 15 feet, you're 15 minute penalty, both you and your partner, no fishing, no live scoping, no camera, no backslider in the water, none of that crap. You sit there and think about what you did wrong and figure it out like a dog, you know what I mean? <laughs> and if you do it again, what did you dog. do? Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, there should be no reason somebody's drilling a hole five feet from you. Yeah, it's, it's only five, it's five paces. I mean, 15. 15 feet, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. it's not. It's like, you're going to go do that to a local on the lake? No, you're not, because he's probably going to beat your ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what makes you think you could do it on a tournament? That's the one thing, like, people, like, you know, it's competitive, you know, it's fast-paced, especially with live scope these days. And Like, if people see you catching fish and stuff, they're going to be all over you, you know, and it's like, that's why that rule's there to like you're the one catching why is it fair for somebody to come in on you five feet away and drill a hole right they broke that rule you're right. punished you know and that's if, if i were to change any rules in the field that'd be the one i do because what was happening there you know and some of these other lakes like clearwater last year like we pulled up to a group and there's like 15 people in a in a freaking bedroom and it's like what are you guys doing we pulled up and we stop, and I didn't even get off the machine. I just turned my machine off, and I'm like, looks like you guys are having a party here, huh? And everybody's just, like, all quiet and stuff. I'm like, well, are they biting? <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah. I put the live scope down, and I'm like, well, they're all right under you guys. So 
see ya. And we just left and stuff, and everybody's just laughing. I'm like, I'm not down with that. You yeah, know, like, I'm, I have a hard time with that myself. Like, I can't, I don't, I just, even when you find yourself in a situation where you can tell people are okay with it because you watch how, you know, other teams are interacting and no one's getting pissed, and they're just like, yeah, or they might even be, you know, like, yeah, go ahead, fish that, you know, it might be giving you the green light. I still don't like it. I still don't, it just doesn't feel, doesn't feel right. Because like you said, I didn't find those fish. I didn't do, you know, I didn't even drill that hole. Like, it's like, this is, it's messed up. And that's going to, I mean, probably cost me some fish at some point in time. But at the end of the day, it goes back to like we're talking about. Like, I don't really understand cheating. I mean, I do understand it. I mean, I get it, especially when there's money involved. But personally, I don't get it because I'm not in it for the money. No. I'm in it to see if I can be the best team out there. And then if I do end up winning, and I know, you know, you cheated, you know, if, if you cheated. And so yeah. anytime you look at that trophy or whatever, it's like all you, all you can look at is that you, you cheated really well that day. You didn't get caught. Like that's your word. You just didn't get caught. You weren't the better fisherman. You just didn't get caught. Like, and I just don't, <sighs> I, just, I don't even understand the concept of why somebody would want to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it would never even cross my mind. You know, it's like, man. And to drag your name in the mud that bad, like, yeah, I, I how would that make you feel? Like, look at those guys from Ohio or Oof. wherever the hell they're from. Like, dude, those dudes are screwed. They're, like, it was on the news and oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, there's memes, everything else, and there will be for you. Like, you can't even every tournament this year. Somebody that you knew the joke. Somebody's gonna say it. We got weights and fish. You know, so you knew somebody was gonna say it. Like, it just. Yeah. I said it when I was weighing in a good bag. I don't remember who it was at the KOP tourney. Somebody dumped them on them. I'm like, ooh, it's a good bag here. And I said, I said right there, I'm like, there ain't no lead weights in these fuckers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, it's a good bag here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it looked like it went off pretty good. It looked pretty successful. He had some good bags there. Congratulations to uh, Bobby and Wyatt. Mm-hmm. They crushed. Um, so good, good for them. Those two, those guys are. They're they're just good, you know. And they're not they're not flashy, you know. You don't they don't no. they're not ones for social media, you know. You don't see them out there trying to to be anything to anybody. Over. They just love going out and catching big fish, man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and I caught up with them a few times, and and when I caught up to them on game day, they're sitting there smashing them. They were I don't know a half mile from everybody by themselves, and that's awesome. And. uh I'm like, Edward talking, I'm like, I look right at him. I didn't even know what was in their bucket. I'm like, you know, you guys are doing the right thing, whatever you're doing, you don't, you know, you, you, it, tournaments are always won away from people, you know, and uh, you think so? I'm like, well, I don't really know where you're fishing right now, and I did, but, like, and it's not even a spot I fish usually other than for walleyes, and uh, that's in the boat. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's weird, this, you know, I never even checked it out, I haven't been back to the lake, but yeah, that was kind of, you know, another cool thing about the tournament is, like, this is a lake I fish a lot, right? It's the most hours I got on that lake than any other lake in Minnesota. And to see, like, you know, where, like, right away in the morning, there was, like, two groups of people, but as the day progressed, everybody started going to their secondary spots, you know? And, right. uh, and I'm like, you know, this looks more like Minnewaska now, <laughs> you know, because everybody always spreads out on the lake, and you're seeing people in the flats. You're seeing people on the edges of some other basins and stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, this is more like uh, how it kind of looks out here when the locals are fishing, you know, and, and uh, whatever. But, but so yeah, you're was... uh, planning on doing it next year? 
again? Yeah, we're going to do a different lake. Uh, I know the city of Glenwood and everybody there that helped with everything, they want us to come back, but uh, I just don't feel it's right to do the same lake two years in a row, just kind of what I've seen from history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, Explore Alexandria might be trying to rope us in there with some cash in the pot. I still got to talk to them a little bit. Otherwise, we're going to Otter Tail County. So. And then are you going to, I mean, I assume then you got plans to get your own weigh table and scale and all that, or are you just going to I mean, mats again? Just, <laughs> I use mats. I mean, you know, because that costs money. Like, I have a scale, actually, that we got donated for a fundraiser tournament that we do for my buddy who died every year and stuff. But it's like, you know, it's, just the whole setup Matt has where, you know, you can, everybody can see the fish, you know, right there. And that whole vibe is really, really good. You know what I mean? And, and it's real fast. I mean, you look at, I went through 44 teams in an hour or four minutes and then like 10 of those minutes, I wasn't even weighing fish. I mean, it just was great. You know, and we just flew through it and yeah, it was uh, fast. I mean, that's like, you look, go to like Frankie's and stuff and like the weigh in and stuff, like it takes forever. Yeah. You know? And it's like you're sitting there, you're like, oh, like I didn't come here for all this. You know, like we all want to go home and stuff after the tournament. Like, how do we do? Get me out of here. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. No, drive for home. sure. Because we had teams from Nebraska, Montana, uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Illinois. So it's like, you know, all these people have huge drives, like the, you know, 18 hours for Montana team, uh, you know, 14 hours for Michigan team, whatever, you know, it's just a, so a, we had two teams from Michigan and it's, you know, so everybody wanted to get out of there quick. And, and so I didn't know it was daylight savings time either. So that's another, like, you don't really think about it, but when you lose that extra hour of sleep and oh, you, got yeah. your, you got your alarm clock set for 4.30, like, you don't even hear it. You know, it's like, you wake up, you're like, oh, I'm late. Yep. <laughs> and so, so, and we started at 7. So, like, yeah, because I'm, knowing the lake, I know that the big crappies are going to bang right away in the morning, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I want, I want these people, to, I want these people to weigh bags, you know what I mean? And I want these people to catch the big fish and knowing that that sunrise bite is just off the charts. Like I had to do it, you know, and, and stuff. And everybody's like, some people are mixed and like, Clay, you know, well, that's too early. Like we didn't catch a fish for the first half hour. I'm like, were you using glow jigs? Well, no. And I'm like, eh, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> you see that white, white pinhead there? Yeah. Put that on there. That go on there. You don't want that one up, but but yeah, freaking uh, and then so it was seven to two. So and then like we had the slush monster, right? I was pulling people out, and that's like I don't know if we went over this already, but like you're not supposed to. And most like if people get stuck, they're on their own, right? Well, being my name was all over this tournament, looking at these wheelers just buried. I'm like, dude, I'm like, don't turn them off. First of all, just leave them run all day, because mm-hmm. if they freeze up, you're done. You know. So, yeah, I had a buddy out there. He had a track four-wheeler, a Can-Am 850 with the camouflage tracks, and uh, I had my Bearcat, and I'm watching these ERs trying to pull out wheelers and stuff because, like, this one team had a ZR 600 and a wheeler. Well, the wheeler was so buried, it was one of the smaller Suzuki mm. 300s or something. 
I'm like watching this guy try to pull them out and, you know, being, I fish in slush a lot, being Idaho and, you know, Minnesota the last couple of years. But uh, there's a couple of tricks with slush. You never spin your track, ever. You can't. As soon as you spin your track, you're buried. And uh, that's a, like an Idaho thing you learn right away. You know, first two days you're there, like, ah, I'm stuck. I'm never getting stuck again. <laughs> yeah. And, so what's the trick to that? You just got to go slower? Yeah. So mine's like a low-geared bearcat, right? So, and it's a four stroke. So I got all sorts of low and torque. So I just, you know, take off real slow and stuff. But yeah, never like you would think that you just throttle down on it. Like right when you go is the most important time to not go, <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. to give her a little bit and walk out of it. So I'm like watching these guys trying to pull out this four wheeler for a half hour. And I'm like, dude, you guys are like, look like you're about to die. They're just laying in slosh. Like, <laughs> You know, and I'm like, oh, like mm. I don't want nobody to die and shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's like a rule, like you can't help them out and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what, dude? Right now, I don't care if people are gonna get pissed. I have to do this for my name and for this tournament. And you're like, I don't want the Pope County Sheriff's Office like, hey, you got to get those wheelers off the lake and stuff. Because if they're frozen that day. They're going to be there until April. Yeah, you know what like, yeah I know exactly what that means. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, same situation. It's like, dude, so I, I'm like, all right, man, let me hook up to her once. And I hook up, I walk this dude out. And I'm like, really? You know, and I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm not stopping, dude, until we're out of this slush pocket. And I pull him, you know, 300 yards, whatever, 200 yards. And uh, we get out of it. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Figuring they were going to hang it up for the day. What are they doing now? They start driving across the lake. I'm like, dude, are you joking me? <laughs> you know, oh, I'm, like, no. I'm not helping. I'm not helping you again. Not helping. And I seen him stuck later. And I'm like, dude, not it. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, like I try. Like I figured maybe you'd go fish closer where we were launching from and stuff. But no, nah, they're like, and they still had a respectable bag, which was cool to see. And he's just like, I'm getting a snowmobile. I'm like, yeah, I hear you, man. And then. Uh, the best one was it was a Polaris 850 with wheels stuck, buried on a road. I'm like, what were you thinking, dude? Like, you can't drive on these old plowed roads because they're all just caked in with more snow than anywhere else on the lake. Right. And he's like, I thought it would be good. And I'm like, hey, you're burnt up to your headlights, dude. You know? And I'm like, I'll try, but I'm not promising you nothing. And he's like, well, just wrap it around your frame. I'm like, F you, dude. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to twist my frame. <laughs> I'd rather have my hips get ripped out than my whole frame of my Bearcat, you know? Right. And so I hook him up, and so, dude, I walked him right out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm <laughs> like, I just pulled the 850 buried to the headlights out. And the dude's like, I can't believe that. And I'm like, I can't either, dude. That was nuts. And, and I'm like, don't go back in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> and then, yeah, we at one time I was freaking out because I seen uh, two four wheelers parked on a road with nobody by us. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I, and at first it looked like they were buried, but no, they actually were pretty smart. They were like, oh, we're not driving through the slush. We're going to leave it parked here and walk the rest of the way. I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Because oh, I'm like, well, I see two wheelers there, but I don't see anybody. And uh, I see a truck at the access buried, and I'm like, I think they, you know, walked back. They were so stuck that they walked back to the beach, got their truck, and tried to come home and got stuck. I'm like, what are they thinking? <laughs> you know? Mm. So I'm like, freaking, here it comes to find, come to find out it's my buddy that I grew up with. And uh, he's like always talking crap. He's got like same truck I do, a, a diesel, and uh, he's got chains for his tires, and he's always talking smack. He's like, 
you know, if you guys all had chains on, he's like, oh, I could drive anywhere on the lake with chains. Like, I can't believe wheelers are getting stuck. So he was coming out there to showboat, and he buried it. <laughs> Karma, buried. bitch. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, really? That was you? Well, he's like, yeah. I'm like, you dumbass. You know? <laughs> I mean, even snowmobiles aren't a, a for sure thing, because I know uh, Minnesota made, and we were fishing on knife, and it was super slushy last year. And uh, I think it was Lanky's. I think Lanky's sled froze up like the track yeah. just froze you got to keep moving them through the day for sure you know yeah. i don't ever turn mine off unless we're for sure like okaboji when you're fishing the weed beds and stuff sure i'll turn it off but if we're like a trolling bite and we're live scoping and stuff my sled doesn't turn off the whole day like at all mm-hmm. people are like, but my it's a 700 foot it's so quiet like it's not the huge bear cat it's the medium one but it's a four stroke. Like I told myself probably three, four years ago, I'll never own a two stroke motor again in my life. And especially snowmobiles, snowmobiles, four wheelers, boat motors. No, I just like everybody wants to say they like the smell of two stroke. It's like, nah, I like the smell of no, no stroke. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't want to be smelling that stuff all day. Yeah. I mean, and the four strokes, you don't have to add oil. They're more durable. Uh, you know, I've seen quite a few two strokes blow up this year, and it's like, you know, I don't miss those days. You know, they're yeah. more they're more expensive, but I, I've been toying with the idea, and I've had this idea for a long time. And now that I'm up here where I'm at, and there's so many, you know, these trails that go way back, these lakes, and there's bogs and all sorts of just you just never know. I'm toying with the idea of getting an Argo, like yeah. I and wonder. you can get tracks for those things. Oh too. yeah, no, I would totally get tracks. So um, that's kind of my thought. It's like I wonder how they do on slush, you know, because it's one long track, so it's less yeah, chance yeah. you're spreading that weight out. You know, it's there was one on the Kings of Pan for Alan Cooper, uh, and uh, he used to fish UPL, but he used to fish with Kip the last time he fished it. But he was out there with his buddy's kid. Or maybe, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was his buddy's kid. But anyways, uh, he had an Argo, and he had the uh, tracks for it. I'd love to talk to that dude because I kind of want to know what the pros and cons are. Well, that's what I'm like. I'm like, how's it going with that? And this lost monster today. He's like, great. I'm like, you know, actually, I remember you driving by that stuck wheeler, and you had a little smile on your face. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. So he was getting around fine. I mean, there was no slush on Waska until – two days before the tournament and it was only because of all the holes we drilled and then we got six inches of snow right so so now we got you know 16 inches of snow on the lake you know pushing <laughs> out on it yeah and everybody's fishing these two areas like it just turned into a mess out there but yeah and then a track four-wheeler got stuck out there they use their Mora drill and just drilled it in and just started winching out because they didn't have you know arctic anchor or whatever mm-hmm and uh yeah the drill looked like a U. <laughs> oh he's like whatever dude i got out i'm like yeah here you go 50 Ugh. bucks 50 bucks whatever. yeah true at least it was a moron instead of a laser yeah well that's <laughs> that's the other thing too i was gonna bring this up it's like so i don't have i'm one of the the peasants without live scope i thought it was cool that you had how many teams did you have not fishing with live scopes because you had a, a prize for biggest bag without yeah, live so- scope which i thought was kind of cool yeah, so, you know, there's plenty of people that don't have live scope, and 
some of them because they can't afford it, but some of them because they just are like, that shit doesn't work, and you don't need that to fish, you know, whatever. Well. It, it, it is what it is, right? And, but anyways, yeah, I figured, you know, it's just for the teams that don't have live scope, you might as well do something because, they're, you know, there's plenty of people that don't have it that want to fish that don't feel it's fair. And they're probably right. It isn't fair because it's definitely – a little like cheating like that's the closest thing i would get to cheating in a tournament is using my live scope <laughs> you know yeah i mean for at certain times for sure it's going to give you a distinct edge you know um yeah. and there's a few times that maybe it doesn't you know if you, you find yourself on a on a lake that it's it's a weed bite weed. you know yeah. yeah is it really gonna help you probably not but no nope yeah not, that's the, what are you gonna make the camera legal you know exactly what I mean? yeah like, right I get it. You know, people, it is expensive. Absolutely. I, I get some people just don't want to take that step and, and tell. So here's the funny thing with people that like talk all the shit about live scope. It's like they talk all this smack and, and then they come out fishing with you and you crush. And they're like, man, like my brother, he's like, Oh, I, you don't need that stuff. And then he came out fishing with me and <laughs> he's like, man, I gotta get one. Where do yeah, you get that's one? Just, like, <laughs> that's just ignorance talking. That's all that. Like it's just that's one of those things that's just easier to demonize somebody because you you, you haven't done it yourself. And as soon as you do it, you're like, oh, this is the shit. It does yeah. ruin you though. Like I I've used it. You know, my partner, uh, the MMA partner, has it. And so yeah, and I, other buddies have it, and I fish with them, and it's like, man, does it ruin you? Because when you don't then have it, you're just like. Where do I drill? <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing because before they came out, you know, you would just tear apart, you would just, you know, perforate a whole flat, you know, and you would just check it with mm-hmm. your your vax. And now you do that, and it's just so painful. You're like, oh my god, my kingdom for a live scope. This would be so much easier. <laughs> like, so my I don't even have a portable unit because I only fish with my snowmobile. Like that's like. Yeah, so I don't have a well, I yard sale it, right? That's all a million pieces, right? 3D printed, great, right? Yeesh. But anyways, freaking the first three weeks of the season when we were still walking, like I didn't have it, but everybody else I fished with had it, so I'm like, I don't, don't even have to worry about it. But there was a few days where I went all by myself and I didn't have it. And I'm like, oh, that's a, but we ended up, you know, going old school and grinding it out, cutting holes and one day we absolutely pounded fish and i we were working up in alex so i had rented a house this winter so that's why i fished so much up there because i live in big lake and uh yeah so we were up there fishing after work and pounding you know like 14 inch fish and uh no live scope and and it was funny because right before that i was having a conversation with my employee because i brought him out i'd bring him out almost every night there's three of them and so I had Bobby out that day, and he's like, so instead of drugs, this is what you came up with to do. And I'm like, yep, this is my drug right here. And he's like, hmm. He was pretty boring. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, dude? And, and, and he's like a big drinker and stuff. Sure. And uh, I'm like, what do you mean? Seems pretty boring and stuff. He's like, I don't know. And then like right after that, he caught like a 14 and a half incher. And he's, like, fighting this thing. And I'm like, just take it easy. Settle down, you know, on my little schoolie rods and stuff. And, like, they don't know any better. Like, you talk about people, uh, like, they barely know how to fish, right? And right. they're like, what kind of reel is this and stuff? And what? And I'm like, just, it's a cheater rod. Just just think that you're going to catch way more fish on this rod once you get used to it and stuff. And, like, they're all good now. But 
but it was like a learning curve a little bit, but they didn't really know any better. So they didn't, it wasn't hard for them to like kind of figure out how to fish with those rods and stuff. And before you know it, like, they're like, Hey, you know, where do you get these things? I'm like, well, I make them and stuff. And, and so, yeah, uh, I had to make them rods, but, uh, <clears throat> cause they kept using mine and I'm like, dude, I, <laughs> I have tournaments and stuff. And they're like, well, what are we going to use when you're at your tournament and stuff and we're in your fish house? I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <You> <laughs> But yeah, after he caught that 14 and a half inch that day, I'm like, and it was like cold and windy, and you know, and we we're sitting on buckets and whatever. And he, I'm like, you ready to go? Are you getting cold yet? And he's like, no, I'm good. Like, you know, we, we could stay all longer. I'm like, oh, really? Like, all of a sudden, now yeah, you I like thought it? this was boring. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, 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 I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He just took a 14 inch to change your mind. He's like, oh, yeah, that thing was here with you. And, you know, he let it go. Stuff and that is that yeah. the 14 yeah. incher will change your life, man. Let's, uh, God, yeah, because he was always making fun of me because whatever. And then, yeah, like after that, I'm like, Oh, I'm going fishing tonight and stuff. And, and they're like, Oh, well, can we come? I'm like, Yeah, come on out. And he had to snowboard, so I had like, you know, I always fish off my snowmobile. We had so much snow, it was a no brainer to use the sled every time. Mm-hmm. So I would pull, so I had so I had three guys every night, right. So Tony was sitting behind me on the Bearcat, and I'd be pulling uh, uh, Jeremy and his clam one man. And then behind him, we hook a tow rope and a snowboard, and Bobby snowboarding way in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like on these Daisy chain and... cruising down the lake. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. And they're just like, go faster, go faster. And he's like, you know, snowboard. It was cool. You know, like we'd have fun just driving around the lake and stuff and recording them and whatever and watching them hit snow banks. But <laughs> that's yeah. pretty awesome. So yeah, we fish like honestly probably twenty lakes in the Alexandria area because I get bored. It's like you can go out and pound them on Alaska all day if you want, and you're like, mm, you know, go to Reno or wherever it doesn't matter. And just try something different, you know. And uh, there's plenty of lakes in that that area. There are many areas in Minnesota except like north of Big Lake, pretty much. So it's like like you look around at lakes around me. It's like there's none. Like if you go north of me, it's like there's what is it? Like there's you, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like Big it. Lake to like Royalton. There's there's it's just like this swath in the middle of the the state that has nothing. You're like yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, from like Little Rock to yeah that way. It's like there's nothing. It's kind of that way up here though too. If you go any like west of Pelican, you know you got Net Lake out on the res, and then west of yeah. that. There ain't shit. No, there ain't. Couple, you got Little Fork and Big Fork River that flows through there, but there's no lakes until you get right. to Red Lake. I mean, no. and like nothing. even around Red Lake, like north of Red Lake, there's nothing. Because mm-hmm. like, okay. we were up there last week and we we're like, well, you know, where are we going to fish on the way home? And we, we honestly, we just started driving. I was looking at Lake Finder. I'm like, God, this lake kind of looks good. So I text my buddy. I'm like, hey, you ever fish this lake? I'm thinking about going there for some big sunfish and stuff. And he's like, uh, it's definitely got the ones you want. And I'm like, well, we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we ended up, we went there for bluegills and just got on one of the dumbest crappie bites of the huh. year for sure. It's just like there, there wasn't a fish that didn't bite. I can tell you that right now. It's just like these fish have never, and this lake had, I think, one or two people that have fished it the whole year, and you can just kind of wow. tell, you know, yeah. it's like 
man, you know, my buddy's like, yeah, I don't know where they are. Nobody fished there in the middle of winter. They all go there late ice. I'm like, well, they don't just disappear. (laughs) Right. And all it ended up being was like an inside. I love inside fingers, right? Like you look at your finger, look at your fingernail. That's where I like to fish a lot, right? Yeah. And that's what that was. It was just just right on a trip mud mud transition and and uh yeah a lot of it has to do with bug hatches and stuff and at first i thought they were bluegills because they were riding 21 feet riding hard on the bottom I'm like yeah those are gills well they're crappies i'm like oh you guys got me <laughs> <laughs> pleasantly surprised however yeah yeah that's awesome all right dude well we've been talking for over an hour this has been pretty fun yeah i love talking fishing it's oh like same so I, could, I could go for hours more, but pesky yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, that whole nonsense. Well, um, uh, congratulations, I think, on a very successful Kings of Panfish. Uh, everybody I've talked to that is that fished it that I know had nothing but good things to say about it. So uh, mm-hmm. congratulations on that, and uh, look forward next year. Hopefully, I can, hopefully I'll be able to fish it myself. Yeah. So next year I might try, depending on the lakes that we go to, too. Another cool thing I was thinking about, just throw this out there before you go or whatever. <clears throat> so, like, uh, we might go to a lake where it has big bluegills, but they're all shallow. So I'm going to maybe do, like, a, a, a like set up. They're all in kind of one area because I fish the lake a little bit. Set up a certified scale and a hub in the area. When these people are catching fish, we're gonna weigh them and release them. So okay, I was gonna. To add, yeah, we almost. I almost talked about that a little bit. So yeah, we can touch on it. It would be to do the weigh release thing to protect the fishery. Be kind of cool, but mm-hmm. the, the logistics. It's, the logistics of that is where it gets tricky. Ice fishing. You know, are you gonna have a marshal for every team, or they yeah, gotta... and the, like they don't have to. You know, if they don't want to, but it would only look better for us. You know what I mean? And especially when you're talking a lake that, you know, has trophy caliber fish, like Green Lake, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, you're watching all these big bluegills. And you're like, oh, it, it, for me, it's gut wrenching. I, I hate it. You know, that's one of the biggest things I hate. Like, and we talked about this a little bit. So I'm just trying to find a way to make it more manageable for us, you know, cause we don't like doing it either, you know, and for the locals to keep the heat off our ass, you know what I right, mean? Right. If we do it and like either way, if we, if we do the lake that I have in mind, uh, yeah. Um, I want to be able to, it won't be eight bluegills. I tell you that right now, you know, this is, I'm thinking like maybe 12 copies and four bluegills, you know, just, to, just to protect them a little more. Yeah, that's yeah, but who knows? I don't know. We might be in Alec next year. We might be in, I don't know where. I mean, green is definitely on the schedule. I just gotta let it heal, but sure, yeah, it's whatever. Do your part as a sportsman and stuff. And yeah, I mean, nobody likes putting the trophy legs out there, (laughs) right? on, On social media, it's like. Oh yeah, I got all these two pound crappies on Lake X. Like nobody does that. You can't do that. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it's like, yeah. But just try to make everybody happy. I was thinking, but yeah, we'd have to do some sort of like weigh-in ticket that I would give them. You know, like this is keep this on you in case we mess up. Because that's another thing that I did at the tournament. Every team that weighed got a weigh-in ticket. And that's just a thing copied off the NFC. That's how they do it too. But. Then, you know, like, if we mess up something, you could be like, oh, no, 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 we weighed this. You got our numbers wrong. Yeah, because remember they, they messed it up at Frankie's. Yeah. 
Big time. Big yeah. time. That was bad. That was real bad. <laughs> that kind of that kind of hurt the whole Frankie's thing too. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Frankie's actually ever happens again. But, you know, there's. I think some people are kind of salty at me. They're like, you know, how Kettering get his tournament to fill up so fast? Well, it's only because I've helped so many people along the way. You know, like I don't try to burn people ever, and you know, like. Yeah, whatever. But I speak the truth too. Like, there's yeah. no sugar coat on me. <laughs> I was a little surprised. Honestly, I was a little surprised they they canceled Frankie's. I mean, the ice conditions weren't great before that. You know, like when you it was a mess when UPL fished it, but UPL pulled it off, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then and then it got cold, and then it like everything firmed up, and then they canceled. You're like, what? It's gonna yeah. be totally fine this weekend. But I think a lot of people are also like, good. <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't want to deal with it anyways. The dink fest that it was going to be. So that well, lake, that lake needs to just heal for a few years too. So if it's anything like the stuff I had to deal with with my permit and stuff, like the UPL and MMA, I don't think they have to get permits for the lakes because it's under a certain threshold, right? Yes. But for mine, I had to. You know, so I had to deal with all these laws, and so does Frankie. I'm guaranteed he has to. You know, because. You can't use up 50% of the boat landing. Like, mm-hmm. when people started pre-fishing Waska, the DNR was all over me. They're like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? You know, and I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we, no, you can't drive through the access. Like, you got to figure this out or it's over. And I'm like, really? You know, like, and whatever. Like, they were pretty nice about it and stuff. They're like, you just got to figure it out. You can't. Per your permit, you can't take over 50% of the access. And I'm like, all right. So, yeah, we had my buddy out there plowing thing. You know, I had to give him 100 bucks or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, and he plowed us these parking lots. a huge, dude. And, uh, yeah, otherwise we would have never been able to make it happen. Or, or if we did, we would have had to spread everybody, everybody out on the accesses on the lake because you can't drive on the lake. You know, it's so right. slushy. It's like you, you can't. But, yeah, it, yeah, there's all sorts. So with Frankie's, I think, you know, that could have kind of been a factor into it too because of the parking thing, you know. But I was pretty surprised they canceled too. It's like, you know, we all been dealing with this all year. These tournaments have still been happening from other people. But I think there's a little more of the story than they're kind of leading on to be, you know, they only had like 20-some teams signed up and sure. paid and whatever. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't want to just – and people are like, well, Clay, are you going to do a circuit? No. Because I want to fish. Right. You know? I'm going to do a like, event. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'll do a event for you guys and stuff. Because it was, like, equally in its own way, it was fun for me, you know, to yeah. throw everything into a tournament and kind of do it all on your own. I mean, yeah, my wife and family helped out a lot and my dad and all sorts of friends and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, it was cool, you know, and everything went pretty good. And, and there's a couple hiccups, you know, it was the first time, whatever. And you just roll with them, you know what I mean? And, but, yeah, it's, it was cool in its own way, but I would never do more than one a year. Maybe an open water one, but like I said, I want to fish, you know. And, yeah, right. And, in my mind, a tournament director should never be allowed to fish, you know. He's just got way too many stuff going on. and. Whatever, you know, but... Yeah, it, well, I got voluntold to be tournament director for our summer bass club, so... I'm be, tournament director for the West, West Metro Walleye League. I got voted on there at Clay, and I'm like, what do you mean, Clay, and stuff? <laughs> like, how is this me, on me all of a sudden? They're like, oh, you know, you know all the stuff about tournaments. I'm like, dude, I barely even walleye fish, you know, and 
and stuff. And they're like, well, you got it, Clay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it was, so I, I finished that too. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, you got to remember all this stuff every week. And like, I'm like, just leave it all in the boat so I don't forget it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I avoid, you know? I avoid responsibility like the, like the plague. And here I am. It's like, ah, oh, crap. Now I got to contact the sheriff or, you know, that's another thing in the permit. I didn't know that I was supposed to contact the sheriff. So like three days before the DNR is like, did you get your permit from the sheriff's office? So now I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh no, like what if they say no? I'm like, if they say no, they will not be sheriff next time the vote comes because all this money won't be coming to town, you know? Right, right, right. right. And the the sheriff, like I know him from back in my younger years because like I was a hellraiser, right? And he's like, how the hell are you doing, Clay? And I'm like, yeah, it's been a while, huh? And he's like, yeah, how are you doing? I'm like, good, good. You know, I'd catch up and stuff. He's like, I'm glad, you know, you figured stuff out. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so what's up with this permit? He's like, oh, you're good. You know, he's like, just stop by and pick it up. Actually, you don't even have to pick it up. You're good. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, from what I understand, it's not even so much a permit from the, it's just letting them know. So, like, if, you know, they drive by and they see the, the they came to the way stacked. Oh, that's cool. Is- suited up and i'm like oh yeah we fired that gun in there at two o'clock <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool i mean we had a, probably 30 40 people from town show up at the win which is like the most i've ever seen that's that super cool yeah you know because everybody's like what's like it's small town usa like orange mm-hmm. stuff they're like well, what's going on out here you know, like, ooh, look at those crappies. Where'd you get those at? Right in the mouth. <laughs> right, yep, right in the mouth, absolutely. In the lake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you can see where the two groups were, you know. Right, like, yeah. Right sure. there. Yep. You'll see, the, and you'll see the evidence when we're gone, trust me. Because <laughs> they can't, because it was so slushy, they couldn't get Oh, well, there's lake. that. <laughs> there yeah. is that. I mean, you know, that's year. one thing that that's, might be one good thing about conditions this year is I think a lot of lakes – got a break you know yeah. there wasn't nearly the traffic that uh, some of these lakes get because man it's it was a nightmare for a lot of people across the state so west central minnesota i've never seen more fish hosts wow. um minnewaska it was new year's weekend so i talked to the dnr guy 361 occupied houses you can figure that's a two-person average on most of those houses wow. so you and, and the locals, like a couple of them were getting a little lippy with me and stuff. And they're like, you know, bringing all this heat out here. I'm like, 361 houses New Year's Eve. Tell me that I'm doing something. Exactly. You know, right? yeah. you know I'm bringing 88 people here. Yes. And it's going to help your town. I mean, we filled up the hotel. We filled up half of the other hotel. We have VRBOs. I mean, it was, a, everybody loved it in town. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you it talk was... about all the money and stuff. It wasn't conditions though, too, because wasn't the western part of the state they didn't have the slush issues that Never. a lot of the state did. Yeah, that's I think that's what word kind of got out that that was the place they could fish with, without a Big headache. Stone. Big Stone was crazy this year. Like we went out there once, and I'm like, I've never seen this many fish houses on this lake, and you know and. I had kind of been thinking about maybe hosting the tournament there, but after I went out there and fished there, I'm like, no, it's not happening. I'm not doing it, you know, and whatever. I mean, you, you see stuff like that happening with all these fish houses out there, and you kind of feel for the lake, you know what I mean? Right, and, right. And pressure and stuff. Like, I do anyways, just because, you know, I, I don't know. It's just how I am, but 
Yeah. I, I ain't trying to wreck lakes and stuff, you know, and, and yeah, but we're just, we don't want to piss people off either. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You got to walk the line. Have you set yeah. up as a have you set up like a Facebook page for Kings of Panfish or is it just like through yeah. your personal page? No, there's a, a Facebook page there and stuff. We did all we did like some I didn't get every team, but I was doing angler interviews that whole week before the tournament and stuff and so I was driving her out the whole time without my GPS on. They're like, You know where we are and I'm like, I have a good idea, but not exactly. This lake's too big, I can't just eyeball spots and stuff. They're like, Yeah, right. I'm like, Fine, I'm you're probably right in the depression right here. If I was eyeballing that, like, you fucker. <laughs> 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 They're like, you're close. I'm like, you know, but it's such a big lake. It's like, you know, right. it just could be anywhere. It's, yeah. But uh, yeah, I do have a Kings of Panfish page or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I won't be posting much on it until probably we get some stuff online, but everything, the way in and everything was on there. So that'd be probably cool thing to watch is the way it went real good we had gens there which was awesome he put 500 bucks 500 bucks for rock bass and there's no rock bass in this lake supposedly but i'm like god i swear i've caught him before i don't don't believe it there's got to be some in there like i literally don't believe it yeah that's the kind of what i thought because all the lakes around there have them too and like yeah but you really don't catch them but then like the week before the tournament everybody's talking smacks like why would clam be putting all five i'm like clam's not doing nothing this is dave gens out of his personal money putting up this money you know what i mean and and stuff and and, uh yeah uh dave's like i'm not changing it it is what it is if nobody catches a rock bass i save 500 bucks so he saved 500 500 bucks and he bought me and my wife and kids dinner that night and i'm like yeah that's a win for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that's so cool that's awesome well it's oh god i probably would have got distracted trying to catch rockos because i love those things but well yeah i caught some big ones up in wherever we were the other day some nice ones i got onto them pretty good on lake bemidji this year yeah, that's a fun one to do too, and all that wooden stuff there. Yep, yep, yeah. Patrick had a, a couple pins for me. So went up there and was trying to catch a twelve. I got eleven and seven eighths. I was like, "Damn it, really? so close!" <laughs> I catch I catch some big ones on Green Lake last year. I'm like, "God, these things are huge!" You know what I mean? And, oh. and then like Itasca, I've got like pounders, and I'm like, "Man, what's the record?" Like I even looked it up, and I'm like, "Man." It ain't that big. <laughs> Two pounders. Yeah, it's, well, Clearwater's got good ones too. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. Clearwater, it's... Sugar Lake. Yeah, Sugar we fish quite a bit, and then right at dark, like in the summer and stuff, they just come out. And uh, yeah, once you start catching the rockos, it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to stay. What are you talking about? I love catching yeah. those things. It's so much fun. Yeah, just different. Fun. Everybody leaves them alone. You know, they they don't to them. get big. I know. Oh, I they're, not, they're not bad. No, they're just fine. But I've had that conversation eight zillion times too. But well, all right. Well, like I said, hopefully I'll be able to fish it next year. And if anybody wants to follow along, I think you're going to have pretty good interest. Uh, it, like I said, yeah. I, it's, it's. I think it went pretty well. I have only heard good things about it, so mm-hmm. I think people are. It's, I think it's going to be something that people look forward to. Yeah, I think out of the 44 teams, we'll probably, if I had to guess, you know, five, eight of them tops probably won't come back. Maybe. Because there were some local teams there. Maybe not even that many. Because even like some of the first time tourney guys are like, dude, we're coming back for sure. You know, like, so how I'm doing it is I'm giving them like Frankie's. They have first dibs. You sure. know what I mean? 
And then sometime this summer, I'll be like, you know, if you're not paid up to this date, then these spots are opening up. I'm going to leave it at 50 because I just think 75 is just going to be too hard to police. Jeez, you know? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever. And if you go over 75, then the permit's like 350 bucks. Yeah, it goes way up. I just yeah. learned that too because of being a tournament director. I got to look at these things now. I mean, our club is super small and it's not even going to matter, but it's like, oh, so that's what it, that's what the rule says. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, yeah, the whole policing of things and just trying to find. So, like, now, you know, you're thinking about 100 people. Like, I guarantee it's going to fill up next year. I already know because uh, people are kind of laying back to see kind of how it was going to go. Like, some of the the big teams, like Newby Wilson, Fassbench Myers, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it's going to fill up next year. Like, all the swag I had, all the merch. It was gone before, like it, like yeah. I spent like twenty one hundred bucks on everything. It was all gone like right away. And I'm like, <laughs> people are coming up. They're like, "Hey man, where do I get all the all the gear and stuff?" I'm like, "You're burnt." <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, because me like you know fully funding everything. It's like you know you, you got to buy everything up front. Yep. It's like you know twenty two hundred bucks. I'm like I ain't investing any more money on something that I'm gonna be sitting on. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that's the thing with merch. It's like it could go really well, or you could be stuck with a ton of inventory. Yeah, so. I'm stuck with nothing. Like I barely got gear. I don't even have all the sweatshirts. I got two of them. I'm like, what? You know? And there was like three different <laughs> styles. I'm like, well, I want the black one and the snow camel. You know. And then people are like trying to buy that off me. I'm like, no, dude. You know, like I can have two sweatshirts, right? And, and, <laughs> and, and a ball cap and a mine, cap. dude. That's like all I get, dude. You know, and, yeah, it's whatever. But that's hilarious. Yeah. And then did you see the crowns? Well, those are Amazon specials because mm-hmm. I couldn't find anybody to build them and stuff. And yeah, it's just like all this stuff going into that tournament just took months for me to like figure out like. Like, oh, you need to go buy tags for the suits. Oh, you need to go buy zip ties. Like, all this stuff last minute. Like, Manila envelopes. I need 100. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> are the crowns going to be like a traveling trophy, or are they going to get to keep no, those? They get to keep those. So they, right. were 11, they were 11 bucks a piece. So cool. I figured That's pretty it. awesome, though. I like that. Next, next year, we'll try to do because we were going to try to get this stuff plasma cut with like everything, but they wanted 500 bucks. I'm like, you know, no. You know, I'm out on that. You know, yeah, right. Like maybe if we had, you know, more sponsors, but yeah, basically, you know, I was into this tournament probably grand, I would guess. You know, which is like a weekend of fishing a tournament if you're traveling. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like whatever. You know, maybe not that much, but the time and effort. Everybody's like, clearly, clear, you got to take a cut and stuff." I'm like, "For what?" you know like it's all good you know next year i'll break even or whatever you know like mm-hmm. it's, it's not even, i mean i do all right i guess you know but but yeah whatever it's it was all good and yeah i mean like the first few years of me owning my own business so that sucked i almost gave up about a million times but now it's like whatever you know it's not always about money especially when you a passion for something you love and trying to spread it like can't put a number on that you know? yeah that's a good that's a good point too so well again congratulations and uh appreciate you coming on and having this doing this yeah. uh, podcast this is great uh yeah it's cool and uh, i don't know we'll have maybe we'll do a preview one next year when it, when it gets around to it build not that you're gonna need my help building up uh any yeah. excitement mm-hmm. about it but or we'll do another post one we'll see i'll see how it goes 
Heck yeah. Well, if I cool sneak dude. up the or here in a couple of weeks, I'll get a hold of you. Yeah, hit me up. I'll be up here. There's a, there is a there is a very remote bluegill lake I really want to check out, but I don't have a sled to get there, so. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> how, how, many, how many room you got? How much room you got for people? Uh, I got, well, for the next month, I got tons of room. I got, uh, oh. the house I'm renting is huge, and I only have, I'm the only one here, so there's one... Well, there's two more bedrooms, there's a couch, there's floor space everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you never know. You might see us in a couple weeks. <laughs> All right, yeah, just just let me know. It'll be fun. All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Later. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.